Welcome to Sounds Out of Time. I'm your host, Matt Kohut. It's a real thrill to have my friend Scott Metzger back today. Scott was the first guest on Sounds Out of Time in April 2017. Five years later, I'm still doing this thing, and he is still ripping it up on the guitar. If you don't know Scott Metzger's work, you are in for a treat. He recently released the album Too Close to Reason on Royal Potato Family Records, and it's his first solo album. Scott's probably best known as one of the guitarists in Joe Russo's Almost Dead, which has really just exploded over the past five years since our first conversation. And he's played with dozens of people as a sideman over the years, ranging from Nick Lowe to Phil Lesh. Here's my conversation with Scott. So look, thanks for talking to me again. It's a huge pleasure five years later. Lots happened for you in that time, and not least of which is the new album. How are you feeling about it? Oh, thanks, Matt. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I couldn't be happier with the way it all it all turned out. The album is it was never actually intended. I did I wasn't sure when I was recording everything if anybody would ever even hear this stuff. It was kind of more recorded as a uh, kind of a, a musical diary, I guess, through the beginning of the pandemic. And as it went along, I started to realize, oh, maybe this would be worth releasing eventually. But really, it was just something to keep some creative skin in the game. Uh, when me, you know, just like every other musician in the country, I lost uh, all my work. One thing that impresses me about you and always has is in the way that you managed the pandemic, you were, I guess I would say, really disciplined. You know, you kept your practice up in some way. And it seems like this album is an outgrowth of your natural predisposition, which is when in doubt you play so many hours a day, you listen, you are always working new things, and that's part of what keeps you sane and part of which is what keeps you going. Say a little bit about that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, obviously being a musician is such a big part of how I relate to myself uh, in the world, you know, and my role in the world. Um, so playing is something I do every day, whether it's just practicing a little bit or, or trying to compose something. Um, but I hate to be the guy who says, you know, the pandemic was such a great opportunity <laughs> for things. Um but, the, you know, the reality is, is that I've been very busy as a musician for, you know, 15, 20 years doing lots of different projects. And the pandemic was the first time that really afforded me the opportunity to sit for a long period of time and think about uh, what would I want a Scott Metzger solo record to be? Because I had no deadlines on any other gigs that I had to be preparing for or anything to, uh, you know, to cloud the water, so to speak. So I could just put all of my focus into this for a while. That makes perfect sense. You know, one thing that you're always doing is you're always listening to other things. And one of the things we talked about recently was you turned me on to this thing that Ethan Iverson had posted, which was where he took a series of conversations he had with uh, Lee Connitz about Lester Young's playing. And he made this incredible resource available to the world, which is he, his transcriptions and excerpts of a bunch of these solos by Lester Young during the Count Basie era in the 1930s. And Ethan put this all out there, and he talked about the conversations he had with Lee Connitz about these things. And both of us were, you know, we were sort of corresponding about this. And, and 
you were mentioning might be interesting for us to talk about one of those solos that's really kind of caught your interest more recently, which was the recording of Lady Be Good. Like I said, it was from a Count Basie recording in the 30s. Tell me a little bit about what caught your ear about this when you first heard it. I guess the lyricism of this particular solo and the amount of syncopation that's happening, the the playing over the bar line is really um, highlighted, which was a big part of Lester Young's style. But this particular solo for me is, and I think actually for a lot of people, I've done a lot of research and this, this solo is kind of considered one of these must hear, must learn on any instrument on, you know, for any sort of jazz musician, it's, it's very, uh, it's considered a foundational and uh, pivotal moment, you know, in jazz soloing. things that's really interesting about this solo is harmonically it's fairly straightforward this is sort of pre-bebop it's a lot of arpeggios a lot of chord tones and yet he does so much with the fundamentals here that's one of the things that's most striking to me is when you actually look at it on the page you can see how the the pieces of the puzzle are relatively straightforward it's what he does with it that's so magical absolutely I think you nailed it with the with the the word um, the fundamentals. There's so many fundamentals going on here with the dynamics, um, where he's placing the notes in the beat, whether he's in front of the beat or behind the beat or, or right down the middle. The length of each note is really interesting to me because the phrasing is is so over the bar line that the way that he plays some notes staccato or some notes um, legato really dictate like where the bar lines are ending in his phrases, which are different than where the bar lines are ending for the bass and drops. Um, so he's sort of floating over the top of this thing um, in this really, it, it's, a, it's really the way that he played. He was really known for that sort of floating over the rhythm section style. Yeah, it really in some way foreshadows where Charlie Parker was going to take that floating over the bar line to the next level. Yeah, it's a very playful way of messing with the concept of time in music as a soloist. Um, And you hear, when you start doing the research, you hear every major player, like you said, Charlie Parker, that sort of came after him, you know, all the way up to guys like um, Brad Meldow and even even beyond that, um, you know, Seamus Blake and some of the New York guys, they, they all sort of say that they took Again, that word fundamentals stuff from Lester Young. It seems that all roads sort of lead back to this guy. There's a concision to it that is almost unimaginable in the era that followed where solos got longer and longer. Yeah. I don't want to say it's 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 not simple because it's very creative, but it there's no like, you know, playing over changes that aren't there or super harmo- super advanced harmonic concepts going on. Right. It's like you said, he's he's playing the arpeggios down and then he's playing maybe a slight variation on the arpeggio back up 
and rhythmically it it don't you know you can see what's going on but when you hear it it's got that x factor of you know oh man what the hell how is he doing that right. <laughs> you know which which is i guess really the trademark of of what we're all after in some to, to me that's really yeah. like the ultimate is to do something simple but to have it feel like uh you know really really special and really unobtainable you know and just sort of uh, surprising let's shift to talking about your album here and a track i'd love to feature from that and that's the song when katie smiles from your album too close to reason say a little bit about what prompted this track and how it took shape i think that an album that you and i have actually talked about a lot um by the guitarist jim hall um an album called something special was on in the house a lot around the time that i was recording these things and to me that melody on when katie smiles really comes from that school of thinking which is very sort of like big intervallic jumps it's not too scalar it's much more you know fourths and fifths and, and, and big intervallic jumps uh in that case and it's a waltz which to me is always just a very uplifting time signature and like i said earlier uh, you know ultimately i was just writing these songs just to kind of make some sense of what was going on at least in my little world uh, during the beginning of the pandemic and just trying to essentially just cheer myself up and it's a very positive hopeful feeling melody and piece of music let's listen to the middle of it which i think is really the the heart of the tune appreciate you doing this it's uh it's it's really fun to chat with you about this stuff if nothing else great yeah no likewise scott was generous enough to offer to record his version of the lester young solo from lady be good so without any further ado here's scott metzger playing the solo from lady be good as performed by lester young with the count basie band Thank you. 
you like Sounds Out of Time, please sign up on soundsoutoftime.substack.com or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Special thanks to digital guru Matt White. And remember, if your ear is thirsty for something new, try something old. Until next time, this is Matt Kohut bringing you Sounds Out of Time.